Heavenly Father, Father God, happy Father's Day to you. You've been good to us and we are thankful. Your children are thankful. We're happy today. We love you. We're so glad that you are in our lives. We are so glad that we turned down whatever we were doing before and came to you. You're awesome. You said you'll never leave us nor forsake us. You know, we love you, Father. And in the spirit, we give you a free meal at any excellent restaurant around the world. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. We don't know how you're going to do that. But one thing we know is that maybe someone somewhere will receive that meal in your name and enjoy. Hallelujah. We pray for everybody around the world. We pray for those who miss their fathers. We pray for those who don't have fathers. We pray for those who have fathers, that every relationship is strengthened. Amen. It may be the only meal that they've gotten for a while, but they will have it in your name. However you do it, Lord, enjoy. Barukata Hashem Adonai. Hallelujah. We bless each and every listening ear, every household that is represented here, every family. We bless the mothers, the fathers, the leaders of the family, the children. There's so much going around the world, Lord God, but it cannot penetrate the blood of Jesus Christ. I, at the sound of my voice, I apply your blood, Jesus, over every person that is listening to this right now or later. We don't know how long this is going to go on, how, how long in, in the future that somebody might listen to this and may need to hear this. They may need to hear that you love them. And you always will. You sent your son to die for us. You sent him to die purposely on the cross to save us. And that nobody else. That is excellent. Nobody else would do that for us. And we also lift up to you the prayer, the prayer requests that we receive from people. Uh, Lord God, you know the names. You know the needs. And it is our job to give it to you. Because you can handle it much better than we can. Touch me, Holy Spirit, today and touch somebody today. Use me and touch somebody today that needs to hear from you. Hallelujah, Jesus' holy name. Amen. Hallelujah, God is good. I love him. Amen, amen, amen. Since today is Father's Day 2021, amen, I will be speaking on the Lord's Prayer. We've quoted the Lord's Prayer for years. People know, even children know the Lord's Prayer. Amen. And there are two times that what we call the Lord's Prayer is in the Bible. Matthew 6, 9. I'll start with that one. If you want to write this down or turn to Matthew 6, 9 to 13. And it says, After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? The Lord gave this to us himself. This is from his own words. Amen. This prayer that Jesus gave us is an example, quote unquote, should, um, it's an example and it should be what all men should go by when running the households or relationships in their lives. And it is not to be used as a recitation, as most people do. Jesus was just showing us how to pray to God. He was giving us the, the different steps that we should use as we're praying to the Father. Amen. And it's interesting uh, to see that Matthew, the tax collector, used the terms debts and debtors 
as he was used to people paying and maybe even attempting to pay their debts, which was taxes. He was a tax collector. He used his lingo and knowledge from his talent to describe this how-to-pray prayer for us to see and read thousands of years later. He ended up being a true vessel for the Lord and the kingdom of heaven. The first book of the New Testament is none other than Matthew. Scholars say, some scholars say, that it was actually Malachi uh, until priests changed it and canonized it the way that it is now with Matthew being the first book of the, the New Testament. Matthew was a talented writer and he wrote all that he heard and saw while following Jesus and the disciples after he was called into ministry. He left his job with the Romans to follow Jesus and he was being paid very well. What a man. Amen. Matthew made a change of heart with his new mind and used his talents to be a follower of Jesus and help others instead of being hated by people and used by the Romans as well. Tax collectors made good money, meaning that Matthew left behind a fairly good living to follow our Savior. Now, you want to write this down. This is Luke's version, okay? This is the second version. This is Luke. Now, Matthew was a tax collector, and we know Luke is the doctor. Luke 11, 2 to 11, 4. And he said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Now, while I was prepping my notes for today, I noticed something that maybe y'all didn't realize, as I have to admit that I didn't, okay, for years recited, okay, people for years recited this, they say, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, amen, how many times have you heard that, amen, well, neither versions not Matthews nor Luke's have that term trespass in it with the King James Version or with the new King James Version. I don't know how many noticed that. It completely says, forgive us of our sins, as it should say, amen, Jesus died for our sins. Now, I want to see the difference. I looked it up. I said, well, okay, what is the difference between this trespass and sin? I just want to read it out, see it with my eyes and read it. I'll read it to you. Sin is a noun, an immoral act considered to be transgression against divine law, a sin in the eyes of God, the human capacity for sin, an act regarded as a serious and or regrettable fault, offense, or omission. Okay, omission as well, leaving somebody out when they should be included. He committed the unforgivable sin of refusing to give interviews, okay? Uh, and as a verb, um, it says, committed a sin. I sinned and brought shame down upon us. All right, so we see that's, that's, not, that's the sin. Now, I looked up trespass as well. It's a verb. As a verb, it says, enter the owner's land or property without permission, there's no excuse for trespassing on railroad property. That's an example. And then it says, or, to, okay, to make unfair claims on <laughs> or take advantage of something. 
as in she really must not trespass on his hospitality. Now, also, number two, it says trespass against. To commit an offense against a person or a set of rules. Okay, A man who had trespassed against Judaic law. Now, as a noun, a sin or offense the worst trespass against the goddess Venus is to see her naked and asleep. You know, how many times do we read that kind of stuff in, in school and in, in uh, mythology class or whatever? You know, but thank God we ran into the right God. Amen. Hallelujah. And some people was raised, raised up as, as young children, knowing the word of God. As we can see, both actually mean sin against. So I believe that we're okay using either terminology. Who knew, right? <laughs> Who knew? In Luke's version, we see that Luke used the term a bit opposite than Matthew and said, Thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. This could be where scholars throughout the years came up with the term as above, so below, of which many other intelligent leaders of races and nations across the world, such as the Mayans, began to use as above, so below. After all, the Bible does say that we are types and shadows of what is in heaven. And you can see that in 1 Corinthians 13, 9 to 12. It says, for we know in part, tells you right there, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, ha, hallelujah, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly. But then face to face, now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am also am known. Amen. Men, when now that you are a man, a grown man, you should put away childish things. Amen. Grow up, as they say. Hallelujah. Thank God that we have men around us in this world who have grown up. Pray for those others who haven't. Amen. <laughs> we are not the full product of heaven, folks. We lost that when Adam and Eve ate from the wrong tree. When they disobeyed the Father, they lost their light. They became dim. And this happens to so many other people around the world. When you disobey your Father, you lose your light. The Bible tells us to obey parents. Amen. You'll lose your light. You become dim. And the devil sees it. He knows it. He recognizes his own. They lost something in their sinning. They lost their close relationship with God. He distanced himself and no longer walked in the cool of the day with them. He's still with us today. But we must go through his son, Jesus Christ, first. Hallelujah. I'm not sure what will happen to those who pray to the Father and refuse to go through the Son. But according to the word, they can't enter heaven. You cannot get into heaven without the key. And that is, say his name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Christ Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you get in any other way besides, going, besides using the key, you're a thief. We are creations of our wonderful creator who made the heavens and the earth. We've been tainted by an evil entity that we call Satan, Lucifer, the devil, all because of woman and Adam's curiosity to eat an apple from a tree that Yahweh told them not to eat from. Her name was woman before it was Eve. Amen. Disobedience began right after humans were created and it's been going on ever since. Their son Cain killed Abel over sacrifice that was required by God. And I'm very sure that Adam and Eve taught their sons the hows, whens, and whys of how to perform a sacrifice. But of course, Cain, he wanted to do his, things his own way and not God's way. And it's still going on today. 
And the generational curses still follow mankind today, disobedience, self-will, and oppositional defiance. Pride has made this world sick. And people now <laughs> celebrate it. Let's look at this. Be real. Amen. Governments are passing laws to honor pride. I'm sure that you're getting the point. Amen. Pride has attempted to take over the rainbow, which is God's promise to his children. Perversion is attempting to steal God's promise. Are you going to allow it to? Let's keep that in prayer. Amen. As it is in heaven. It'll be on earth. God's will be done. Okay, now, the prayer begins with our Father. Men should have a direct relationship with not only their earthly fathers, but their heavenly father as well. It is the only way to be successful in raising a family, running a business, teaching others, and so forth, right? Those who don't may be successful with money and business, but not in the affairs of the heart, of which God reads and knows the intentions of. Next it says, who art in heaven. This part of the prayer represents the position of the person who is praying. A self-righteous being would never admit that there is anyone or anything higher than him or her. Pride and self-righteousness has birthed a lot of non-believers in this world. The devil has placed a huge gap between man and God. Lucifer didn't want to serve him and he's causing other people to do the same. Look, it requires humility, folks. The Bible says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. There's too many people trying to get lifted up without humbling themselves to the father first. A humble father is a good father and the children underneath him will brag about the goodness of their father one day to the world. Humility certainly is not acting as though you don't need any help with the directions on a road trip, right guys? <laughs> Amen. If you don't know the way, ask somebody. Amen. Fathers teaching your sons not to cry. It doesn't make you a man, they say. And, and uh, that's not a good thing to do. It hurts children. The Bible says even Jesus cried. The, the, one, of the shortest ver one of the shortest scriptures in, in the Bible says, it's two words, Jesus wept. Amen. Remember that. We see so many instances where men were told not to cry because it's not a manly thing to do, quote unquote. And it ruined their emotions as they were growing up. That certainly is not humility. It is what the Bible calls pride. I've seen Jesse Duplantis even. I love Jesse Duplantis. I'm watching one TV. And many others, many other male preachers tell the story about how their fathers and or grandfathers commanded them not to cry. With the old adage, men don't cry. Next we have Hallowed Be Thy Name. This is where all men should praise and edify their creator and show appreciation of all that God's done for them. There used to be a time where men were the heads of the household and took charge in church. They were mainly responsible for running church business and helping those in need of help. Hence the, the term deacon. That's where we get the word deacon from. Amen. Deacons are usually seen as wise, honest elders of the city or the body of Christ. Who people can go to in a time of need. And when we look at the word deacon, we see um, it's a noun, an ordained minister of an order ranking below that of a priest. 
Amen. To help the priest, to assist the minister, especially in secular affairs. An appointed minister of charity. Appoint or ordain as a deacon. Its origin, Old English diacon, via Ecclesiastical Latin from Greek, diakonos, that is the word, D-I-A-K-O-N-O-S. That is in the Greek for deacon, which means a servant. Okay, deacons don't leave the church and let the janitor clean the toilets, okay, or run the vacuum cleaner. It's nice to have help if that's what you want to do, but deacons can also do that, not just wear a nice suit and a nice hat and shake hands and go home. Amen. It's a, you are a Christian minister. On this part of the prayer that Jesus taught us, he's teaching us the fact that we should praise and worship the Father and remind him that his name is holy and respected. Don't you like it when your children respect you? Amen. Hallelujah. The term hallow, you're saying that God is holy and you honor him. It means that you totally trust him because he's not like this world and will not leave you nor forsake you. Holy beings do not abandon people and leave them hopeless. Even your guardian angels with you daily, they're with you every day. You don't even realize that they're there. Let's look at the word hallow. To honor is holy. Amen. To make holy, consecrate. Consecrate. Uh, the priest hallowed the wine. Okay. Okay. Amen. A saint or a holy person. Then it says, thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I love that part. Thy kingdom come. No matter what the devil tries to make it look like in this world now, God's kingdom will come. It's here. It's in us. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Good men are trumpets. Be a trumpet, guys. Be a trumpet. They don't walk around whispering as though they don't want anyone to hear what they're saying, trying to act like Prince reincarnate, okay? <laughs> Good men are not effeminate. Effeminate. I think a lot of you know what that means, right? Wearing more makeup than their female counterparts. Everybody's arguing over the new package of Avon that FedEx delivered to the crib, right? No, that should not be, guys. <laughs> In fact, Avon began to have male makeup models, and that turned me off. I love Avon, but I didn't like that. I slowed down, actually, on advertising because I'm not about men in pink, blue, orange, yellow, and gold makeup with bright pink eyeliner and mascara. It's not my forte. See, we have to be very, very careful what we represent in this world. People, You want people to see that you represent the kingdom. Amen. Hallelujah. This is not Rome. I'm not about the kingdom of Rome. The kingdom of Caesar. I'm about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. Amen. That's who I represent. Now, I can see if they're in entertainment or on a camera somehow and they need it for a part or something. That's different. Listen, men, go back to your first love. That's even in Revelation. Go back to your first. When I talked about, I preached on Revelation, what, a couple Sundays ago? And one of the churches, Jesus told him, go back to your first love. Jesus pays well. Advertise, advertise, advertise. Good men tell the entire world that Jesus is coming soon and you better get ready. That includes Walmart and Aldi. Amen? <laughs> okay. Costco. Tell people about Jesus. You never know the person you're talking to may get saved. Hallelujah. God will reward you for that. 
Jesus, God said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. You don't want that, right? They also study the Word of God, or in some cases, and hopefully more, the Torah. To be a good man and a godly man, never be afraid to admit that you're a believer. You can only imagine what the disciples went through as they followed Jesus. Jesus went through every temptation, trial, and test that Satan had for him. He did it for you and I. It's a reason to give thanks. I myself have heard nasty cracks about John laying his head on Jesus' chest and Mary being Jesus' girlfriend. I think they made a movie about that, if I'm recalling correctly. They made a movie that Mary was Jesus' wife or something. <laughs> we have to watch. Hey, there's some crazy stuff out there, folks. People have actually made religions that are based on Mary being God's wife. Not just Jesus' wife, but, the, but God, the Father's wife as well. People tithe to this mess, folks. They're tithing. They're giving thousands of dollars to this. If it's a mess, they get rich. They won't give a dime to a true ministry, ministry, right? But they'll uphold and carry a false prophet in a heartbeat. Cartoons and various shows on television have made horrible suggestions about Jesus and made motion pictures, as we call it, so that the eyes of generations to come would see it and lose hope and faith in the Savior. Your eyes are the windows to your soul, as they say. And still the devil laughs at Jesus and us. He can't do anything with Jesus, so he picks on us. Amen? Men, when the enemy tosses outrageous thoughts in your mind, kick those devils to the curb and remind them that you are a leader, you are a royalty, you are royalty and Jesus' best friend. He'll hate that and leave you alone. You have to, the Bible tells us to take those thoughts captive. And this is something God's been showing me lately that we need to start doing that more often. Take your thoughts captive. Show your thoughts who is the boss. Amen. The enemy gets angry when we throw our importance to God in his face. We'll talk stuff on our houses, cars, jobs, boyfriends, girlfriends, family, clothes, furniture. Let's start talking stuff on Jesus. Amen. Let's lift him up. Let's start. As I said before, let's, I had said one, I forget when it was, but I said, let's make Jesus famous. Hallelujah. <laughs> Good stuff, guys. Okay. Amen. Tell people about the goodness of Jesus Christ in your life and the lives of your loved ones. Make Jesus your mentor. His kingdom will come soon. And it started with believers. The spirit of the most high God dwells within us. The kingdom of God is not a wall, which is absent without leave. It's your true home. Hallelujah. Next, thy will be done as in heaven, so on earth. No matter what you hear on the news or other forms of information, God's will shall be done. He gets the last word. Exercise the patience and persistence that you need until the work is done. Don't stop short. Keep going. Keep going. Amen. Keep on. What was it? 19, in the 70s, they used to say, keep on trucking. Amen. Keep on trucking, y'all. <laughs> Realize that God handles all the heavy stuff. God fights all of your battles so you don't have anything to worry about. No matter what you see, just know, no matter what you see and what you hear, okay, <laughs> just know that God already won because he created this existence the way that he wanted until the devil changed things and made them of lesser quality. If you're having problems now, 
It's not of God. Many people blaming God for their troubles. It's not of God. Good fathers do not want their children to live with a lesser quality of anything, which can include food, housing, school books, cars, friends, sports, even money. Then again, that's good fathers. You listening right now, Are you have you been a good father? Are you a good father? Are you doing the best you can for your children? A good man's will is to do the will of the father. Do you take care of your children or do you constantly complain about how the mother gets on your nerves? Amen. I've seen a lot of people throughout the years do that. It's called distraction. Don't let anything distract you from taking good care of your children. Good thing nothing distracts God from taking care of us. Amen. Do you let her negativity come in between you and your children? Here's a tip. Don't try to get the last word. Think about your children. Humble thyself. And to some of the mothers who may be listening, please realize that you can be in the way of a man being a good father to his children. Some, I said, amen, not everybody. They know who they are. Stop complaining and concentrate on the love of God who gave you those children. God could have done like he did with King David when he sinned with Bathsheba and caused the child to die, but he didn't do it to you. Amen? He let your children live. That's not to say that everyone sinned while having their children. Some did. Some didn't. Amen? I have a little story for you. And um, you may want to get the kids out of the room right now. Okay? 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, Five, four, three, two, one. Amen. <laughs> okay. You were warned. A lady was hated at her ex-lover and wanted to start a custody battle. She didn't think that the children's father deserved them at all. She hated that man with a passion. Her lawyer was prepping her for court and asked her why she wanted to stop the father from seeing the children. She just hated him, period. Her reasoning was totally emotional. The lawyer told her, he said, that man was good enough for you when you were lying with him making the children, right? Selah. She got a little flabbergasted and embarrassed. She got offended at first, that is, until the lawyer explained that that is exactly what her ex's attorney is going to ask her in court with everybody watching. Amen, and vice versa. Male, female, female, male. Ladies and gents, your ex-lover is not your enemy. Satan is your enemy. People are not your enemy. And ladies, allow that man to help raise the children unless he's physically or psychologically abusive. That victim mentality is wearing thin. As far as the victim mentality is concerned, I'm like the Old Testament. I've been there and done that, and I preach to keep you from making the same mistakes. Revelation 12, 12, 11 says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. Testify, testify, testify. You never know who may need to hear what you have to say. The children will one day find their father. How do they say? Bet the farm on that. The children will one day find their father. Excuse me for being so blunt, but the truth is the truth. If you don't let the children see the father now, they'll grow up and want to see him later on on their own. 
and you'll wish that you did. And you know what? Some have even been known to turn on the mother after so many years. Mama lied all them years and tried to make daddy look too bad. And the children grew up and found out daddy was pretty cool. <laughs> it can backfire on you. And another note to mothers out there, the ones who need to hear that, that is, your new boyfriends are not your children's babysitters. I repeat, you see it on the news all the time. Your new boyfriends are not your children's babysitters. How do you ask one man to watch a child that looks like the other man? What do you think is going to happen? Stop putting those poor babies in jeopardy, making folks having to sit down and watch how something happened to the children on the news. Amen? Thank God for fathers. And ladies, please allow the man to do what a man is supposed to do with his children. That is what is weakening our country today. The man is not taking his place in the family, and for that matter, the church. A lot of times we may not want to say this, but the women aren't allowing them to. When women try to do the job of a man and a woman in the family, it takes its toll on their bodies because they weren't meant to play both roles. Ask me how I know. Jesus did not mean for women to do all the work. If you suffer from it, it's not his fault. Yes, I could lift cars and I could lift them up out of the freezing snow so that I can drive the car away. And I could move refrigerators. I carried furniture, cut grass, empty garbage. But after all these years, my bones and my muscles are paying for it. Every day, I have to say, by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. It's a wonderful reminder of this farce that the devil has placed upon our bodies to weaken us so that we speak our decline with our own lips. When we do so, it saves the devil from having to do it. Satan is not everywhere like God is. Satan is not omnipresent. He has demons and evil spirits working for him. They can't remember everything, so they have a myriad of circus-like tricks for you and I. I call them celestial jesters. The devil attempts to make us use our own mouths to speak curses upon ourselves. We do his work for him half of the time. This has to stop. Next, give us day by day our daily bread. Now, no day that you ever wake up and live in will go without some sort of blessing. We will always have a reason to thank God. Just like the man in the wilderness, God will give us just what we need to stay alive and healthy. He's not a God of lack, and his hand is not slack concerning his promises. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. This is a parable that Jesus told of a man who owned a ma he owed a master a lot of money. Uh, they say that today it would almost be like millions of dollars. That's how much he owed him. He asked for forgiveness, and the master let him go. After his pardon, someone owed him a lot of money. He got angry with them and treated them horribly. When the master heard about it, he called him in to make him pay back all that he owed him. And if he didn't, he'd turn him over to his tormentors. You can see that in Matthew 18, 21 to 35. Some of you are tormented because you owe something or someone. 
You've made a bad choice in your lives that robbed your loved ones from having a godly relationship with you. There is a barrier somehow. You expect something from others that you haven't paid yourselves. If the man would have forgiven the one who owed him, the master would have stayed his decision to let him free without, you know, live his life free without paying. Don't hold someone hostage emotionally, financially, or mentally if you have been set free. Jesus died for all of us to be free. No manipulation of others, please. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> no manipulation. And lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For this to be said by Jesus himself, it's obvious that we can be led into temptation. The easiest captives are the ones with no self-control. God tests us. Satan tempts us. Sometimes God can test to see if you would choose him or not to see what's in your heart. But the devil tempts us in attempts to sway us from serving the Lord with all of our hearts. Deuteronomy 8, 2. It says, And you shall remember the Lord your God that led you all these ways 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. God knows. God knows what you're going to do. He knows what's in her. He knows what's really in her. You can say one thing, but God knows exactly what you mean. <laughs> in Deuteronomy 8, 16. It says, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know. They didn't know what it was. This this white stuff dropping from the sky, but they ate from it. And he might humble you, and then he might test you to do you good in the end. Judges 7, 4. It says, but the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. It, it, then it will be uh, that of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you. And the same shall go with you, and whomsoever I say to you, this one shall not go with you, the same shall not go. Amen. See, it's another test. First uh, Chronicles twenty nine seventeen. It says, I know also, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of my heart, I am willingly offered all these things. And now with joy I have seen your people who are present here to offer willingly to you. Amen. God tests hearts. He will test people to see whether or not they really, really love him or would serve him. Amen. And we can test God as well. Mark 12, uh, Mark 12 uh, verse 15. It says, shall we pay or shall we not pay? This is what you're asking Jesus. It says, but he, knowing their hypocrisy, said to them, why do you test me? Bring me a denarius that I may see it. Amen. First Corinthians 7, 5 says, Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you. See the difference between testing and tempting because of your what? Lack of self-control. There's that self-control. Satan will work. If, if you're the kind of person you don't have any self-control, I suggest you fast and pray and ask God to help you with it and change your ways because Satan plays with that. He just dangles it. I don't know if you guys remember years ago, a toy called clackers, the two round balls, and you just pull on the top of the string and the clackers would clack together. This is what he does to you when you don't have self-control. You, sometimes they used to crack. <laughs> you know, he could he could clack and clack and clack and just dangle you. And some a lot of people have cracked under that pressure. 
Amen. Self-control. This is an excellent scripture for couples who may be experiencing troubles in a relationship, but it's also great for those who need to practice self-control. Self-control keeps you out of trouble and makes that person a great candidate for leadership in this world. It also comes when we stay under God's protection and in his stay in his will, you cannot go wrong. Amen. Are you saved? Now's the time to accept Jesus Christ as your savior. Don't put it off. If the, if the Holy Spirit is tugging on your heart right now, answer that tug and accept Jesus Christ as your savior because he's coming back soon. He doesn't know when he's coming back. Only the father knows. So with today being Father's Day, <laughs> do the Lord's will, amen, except his son. Hey, look, wouldn't that, that would be a wonderful um, present to God the Father, Yahweh, Jehovah, amen, to accept his son, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ. If you haven't done it, just do this, amen. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sins. I'm so sorry, Lord. I believe that you died on a cross and rose three days later from the dead just for me. And I accept what you have done. I accept you as my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, and amen. Hallelujah. You just made your Father in heaven happy, and so shall you be. Everything that you did in the past, the Bible says God throws as far as the east is from the west. It's gone from the west. Amen. Whatever you did before this time is wiped off the board. It's gone. Brand, you're living a brand new life. Amen. You're, as, a, as the word says, and there's a song that says it too. You're a new creation. You're a brand new man. Old things have passed away. I'm born a Again, more than a conqueror, that's what I am. You're a new creation, you're a brand new man, hallelujah. I'm going to go find a Bible-believing, Holy Ghost-filled church and learn of him. It's never too late. Your new life starts now. And I tell everybody, now go live again, amen. <laughs> go laugh and love. And I end it with this blessing for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And God says, the people, he will put you, if you put his name on the children of Israel, he will bless you. Put his name everywhere. Talk about God, folks. Amen. Be happy about it. Let people know that they can be free in Christ Jesus. Amen. Once again, happy Father's Day, fathers. Now, go out there and eat and enjoy yourself. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming on today. Reverend Essie signing off. And I pray that your week goes by victoriously. In Jesus' holy name. Amen and amen.